ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, Paramount Plus, Apple TV Plus. Aren't there enough of these pluses out there? Well, not yet. Yes, it's Lance and Matt Plus, a new podcast presented by WFOB and WBVI. Okay, now we've got enough pluses. So let's join Lance Morris and Matt Kaufman for Lance and Matt Plus. Welcome on into this edition of Lance and Matt Plus, a podcast exclusively heard on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify and online at WFOB and WBVI.com. I'm Lance Morris. He's Matt Cotman. And Matt, before we can get into anything we do here today, you've got to eat some crow after you uh, you only won one of the four polls that we uh, we put out there from our episode last week. Any uh, any criticisms, any thoughts? What do you, what do you have to say about this I, I don't know how to even phrase it, this amazing defeat, I'll say, for lack of a better term off the top of my head, that you suffered at my hands. Well, for the record, I've hired the my pillow guy to be my attorney as this vote was clearly rigged. Um, I've decided that I am simply ignoring the results of the polls because my teams were just – how do you not choose a team led by Lou Brown? Though, admittedly, I see the air in my ways on that one. I should have went with Gordon Bombay. I think that would have resonated better with everybody, having Gordon Bombay as the coach of my team. Um, I, I'm happy to report that our listeners and our fans, our loving, adoring, wonderful listeners and fans, are not heathens and savages. I at least won the serial debate. It's, I, I, I'm comforted by that knowledge that was also the one i had the least stock in myself because i knew because of not having cinnamon toast crunch because of not having frosted flakes i I knew kind of immediately i probably wouldn't win that yeah it's just like for myself for the the five nba players one that we did like the the nb the 2k game yeah i think i was pretty confident i wasn't going to win that one anyway yeah you didn't take lebron when you had the opportunity that's your yeah, problem clearly all of our listeners are 12 what do you want from me i thought we'd have some people like oh wow he picked vince carter and wilt chamberlain this man knows basketball and i was thinking that they would also you know fall in line with kobe bryant because you know <laughs> kobe no, no nobody sits there and says lebron whenever they put up a jump shot everyone says kobe though um so I wasn't too upset about. It. I'm bothered by the movie one. I'm really <laughs> bothered by the movie one. That one did not sit well with me. I, that that has that's bothered me since that poll closed because I was winning that <laughs> until like the final couple hours of that poll. So I I don't know. I mean, I, I, you dug your own character. You you dug your own grave by picking Airbud. I mean, come on. I did not dig. I was winning with Airbud. This is why I have hired the my pillow guy to represent me in the court of these polls were rigged somehow. I don't know how you rigged them, sir, but I feel like you rigged them. Also, I did make an error when I posted them. I also I forgot one of your cereals in the cereal poll. Yeah. I, I accidentally yeah. forgot one. But I also I, I included it then in the follow up tweet. But I also mm-hmm. didn't make that poll as long as I made the other three. So I could argue that's the only reason you won that one is because it ended before the other three did and you ended up winning that one. I mean, coincidence? I I can't rule it out. Look, all I know is Mike Lindell and his creepy, I have a van with no windows that has free candy spray paint on the side mustache of his, is going to represent me in court 
over the heinous travesty of justice that has occurred based on these polls. That's all I'm going to say. I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that. I will be proven victorious even after the polls have closed, even after it's very clear that I lost, even if it's after that the fans seem to agree with you on your list more, even though I don't know how they don't agree with me. You know what? It could have been Willie Beeman. That, that's a little bit of a deep cut. That could have been where I lost it was with Willie Beeman as my quarterback. Admittedly, he does lose in any given Sunday as well. But yeah, you picked a loser. I didn't pick a loser. They made it to the playoffs. They just lost in the playoffs. It's Shane Falco won his last football game. I think that honestly that I've been racking my brain about the, the sports movie hero villain thing that, that that's the only place I feel like I genuinely could have lost was Shane Falco versus Willie Beeman. Cause I, I couldn't come up with another quarterback. I couldn't, I couldn't find another quarterback for the sports I movies mean, that are fictional. You could have went with another Keanu Reeves character and went Johnny Utah. I refuse to do anything Johnny Utah. <laughs> you could have done, I mean, you could have done Paul Crew. Oh, God, I could have done Paul. Oh. <laughs> and you know what? I could have even done the Burt Reynolds version of Paul Crew. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's just because uh, if, if you had done that, we would have between us had three different Adam Sandler characters. Look, make no secret about it. Adam Sandler is one of the best sports movie actors that's out there. I mean, it's him and Kevin Costner and everybody else. Yes. Good, good, bad or indifferent. You cannot tell me that Adam Sandler does not make at least above average sports movies. Oh, uh, you know, yeah, we, no. you know, you know, we could have done. We could have had um, I forget the character's name, but we could have had the John Lovitz character in Benchwarmers as our coach. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> John Lovitz. Or we would have had the Rob Schneider character had him on on our team. I mean, all he did was hit dingers. That's true. But he he was also an in the closet bully, though, man. Well, yeah. I'm not saying we, his no. right his character might have been a little deterred after that. Well, we 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 don't condone those types of things here on Lance and Matt Plus, an outstanding premium podcast service brought to you by WBVI WFOB. We don't condone that sort of bullying type of mentality. I mean, but he did give us the Gus Bus. He did give us Gus Bus. <laughs> it's true. But you know what else? Yep. Oh God! Just hit. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. You're an no, idiot. No. You're an idiot and you don't know baseball. I think I think baseball. it's a rule we have to have one Bruce drop in every show. I do know baseball, damn it. <laughs> yes, we do need a Bruce Drennan drop every show. Whether it's that one or we pull from his multitude of meltdowns that he's had over the years. We we should be financially and fiduciarily obligated to our listeners to have one Bruce Drennan drop every show because he is just gold. He's absolute gold. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, we're just having too much fun. But here in our, here in our fifth episode, I decided let's for episode five, let's do five lists of five. We'll have our, NFL draft preview. We'll have that next week. You know, we'll have that, you know, right on the eve of the NFL draft for 
because we, we, if nothing else, we want to make sure we have the most up-to-date things because there's always a chance at, at an extra trade happening. I mean, there's already been a handful of trades in the, in the top, like, 12. So, I mean, we might as well wait to see if there's any other crazy trades that happen between now until next week. Yeah, don't get me started on those trades, man. I was putting <laughs> together a really nice, thorough mock draft for us to put up on the website that was going to be like, wow, this looks really good and well thought out. The, these decisions by the, that Matt put up there for his picks all make sense based on player needs and where they're picking in the draft. And then, oh, psych, 49ers are going to trade up to number three because <laughs> evidently they also want to draft a quarterback that just looks good because he had Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, two first-round offensive linemen, and the Heisman winner, Devontae Smith, on his offense instead of Justin Fields. We, we'll spend like half the show <laughs> next week on what in God's name is happening with these morons of draft evaluators that are trying to ding Justin Fields. You know that we, we I'm not going to get into that, but then they trade with the dolphins. Then the dolphins trade with the Eagles. I, has anyone else traded yet? I think, I feel like there was another trade that occurred too. Think there there might have been. I I it's, I, I, it's hard for but, me to keep track unless I have everything in front of me. But I mean, here's the thing: just the the level of well, great, glad to see that happen. The literal day after I finished that mock and was gonna send it over for you to post up on the website is when the trades happened. I was like, <laughs> well, there goes that. <laughs> we should uh, maybe we should reach out to uh, we should reach out to Kevin Harris to see what his reaction is to all the. This a seemingly Justin Fields slander that we've seen across the various. If we forms. were to put Kevin Harris on this show about Justin Fields, you could audibly hear Kevin Harris pulling out the hairs on his head about the Justin Fields slander right now. I'd imagine so. Yes, we should definitely get him on, and we should make some fun out of it. See if we can get a few other people to jump on, talk about some of the teams or some of the players in particular. Re re really make it something big and obsessively grandiose for a Cleveland, Ohio NFL draft. So with that, we'll have our five lists of five. We have a couple in sports, couple out of sports, top five places. We want to see a sporting event. We have top five overrated foods and drinks. We have top five teams. You want to see win a title that are not our favorite team. So we can't just, implore our bias in that regard top five disney movies and franchises and then top five movies you could rewatch over and over and over again so let's let's oh, real quick <laughs> yes. about the, the franchises one was that one where it could have either been a franchise or a disney movie franchise yes either okay, or either I, or is acceptable because i was saying i was trying to come up with disney movie franchise i love disney movies i'm a huge disney movie fan I couldn't think of any franchise that I would put over the five that I chose, but I just, I, I needed to know. So I'm glad on that one. Cause I could have come up with something on the fly, but yes, I am ready for this. So top five, let's start with top five places. We want to see a sporting event in its venues. We just want to see kind of any random sporting event. So not, not something big like the NBA finals or a super bowl. I mean, maybe something happens to where that ends up happening to be the case, but in, for this instance, just kind of a random game at a venue that we, you know, could be a historic, could be just big or whatever, whatever your parameters. It's not a special game. It's just kind of one of 
X amount of games in this venue. Do you, do you, do you agree with this? Totally get that list. This one made a lot of sense to me. So let's, let's kind of just go back and forth. I'm, I'm sure we'll have at least a couple that cross over. If not, maybe our whole five crosses over, but the first one that came to mind for me, and it was, you know, a little, a little bit in the headlines over the weekend and, and that's Madison square garden, just because every, it seems like every basketball player, when they play there, they say that there's something special about being at Madison square garden. I mean, we saw Zion talk about it this past weekend, how it's it says it's favorite place to play. That's not new Orleans. Of course he has to say that cause he plays for new Orleans, but he talks about, you know, how much he loves playing in MSG, how much he loved playing there when he was at Duke and things of that nature. So for first one for me is Madison square garden. So having said that, I, I really hope that the media goes into an ungodly like stalker ex-girlfriend obsession about all the stories and articles about how Zion Williamson is now going to go to the New York Knicks because he likes Madison Square Garden. Full disclosure, I've actually been to Madison Square Garden. Um, how do I say it? You could not pay me enough to go to another game there. I hated it there. It was... Uh, for a fan experience, it seems okay. For a reporter, broadcaster, it's it's just a dumpster fire. But that's not important. Number one on my list, I would actually say, is not Madison Square Garden. We're going to stick with basketball, though. And this may throw you for a curve because of my unyielding loyalty to the Cleveland fan base. I'm going to have to go Staples Center. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, uh, the amount of ungodly history that has occurred at the Staples Center is just amazing. I've heard nothing but good things in terms of like fan experience, reporter, broadcaster experience. And c- come on, it's L.A., man. I mean, who doesn't want to see a game in L.A. in some capacity? I mean, that that would be... That would be my number one. I've always thought the Staples Center looks cool, looks like it's a great venue, and I've always had this dream of being rich enough and famous enough that I'd get to sit next to Jack Nicholson as he aggressively yells at L.A. Lakers when, like, one of them could flick him with his finger and, like, break him in half, and I think that's amazing. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Uh, Next one for me, got to go AT&T Stadium of the Cowboys, also affectionately known as Jerry World. I mean, everything you hear about that place that, yes, it's big just because it's in Texas, because that's how Jerry Jones does things, all those different things. I think it'd be it'd be awesome to just kind of be in that venue, be able to go around, see all the different crazy things that Jerry Jones has put into that venue, and then, of course, watch a football game there a little later on. Not bad. That's not a bad choice. Um, J- Jerry World is always entertaining and just any version of jerry world is entertaining um i'm gonna go football as well for my number two and i i know this would appeal to fearless leader mr dan kotnick from back in the day you know before your well not before your time but he was in your spot before you um i'm going lambeau field like who on their bucket list as football fans, who does not have like a mid-December game at Lambeau Field near the top of that list? Just that for me, that that's uh, such a cool venue, very historic. The fact that it's pretty much bench seating all the way around, 
and the fact that it's like a 30-year waiting list to even get season tickets for that one. That, that to me, strikes me as it'd be a pretty cool venue to go to. Maybe get lucky being one of the end, back of the end zones where you can be part of a Lambo leap or something like that once the world is back to normal, of course. But, yeah, that, that would be my number two is Lambeau Field. And for my third, another another historic one, the, la- the, la- the last three for me are all going to be pretty historic venues. Third one for me, gotta gotta go Wrigley. I mean, everything you hear about different games at Wrigley with the bleachers and the atmosphere and, you know, mostly being day games too. I mean, there's lots of, lots of history that goes, goes into Wrigley and and spend around for, I think more than a hundred years at this point. So Wrigley, Wrigley would be number three for me. Wrigley feels a godless organization. Joe Buck can kick rocks. I'm not what, Kyle Schwarber fan. What does that have to do with Joe Buck? Anything Chicago Cubs after that 2016 World Series has to do with Joe Buck as well. Joe Buck is Just from the, St. Louis. Yeah, and he spent the whole time writing a love note to Kyle Schwarber. See he tore his ACL earlier that year. Okay, that here's you know what we're gonna step on this landmine for just a moment because this is something I need to get off my chest. Yes, Kyle Schwarber coming back from an ACL tear is impressive, but they made it as if every swing was the most majestic, amazing comeback in the history of Major League Baseball, and that we are blessed because Kyle Schwarber has shown this grit and toughness to recover. No. He tore his ACL in April. They were playing games in November. This is just a natural progression and recovery of an injury. Did he do it a little bit quicker than other people? Sure. But to act like, oh my God, he hit two doubles and a single in the World Series. This is the greatest hitter in the history of baseball. Joe Buck was getting to that level of aggrandizing Kyle Schwarber during that World Series. Tell me I'm wrong. Just tell me I'm wrong. I mean, I I won't go as far to say you're wrong, but I think that you take everything a little harder because they were playing Cleveland. That may be true. They were playing my Cleveland cash considerations. So that does make it a little bit harder, but I, I I stand by that state. He, he made it as if Kyle Schwarber had his legs amputated and he personally sewed them back on because he said, for the love of the game, I must continue. No, Tours ACL in April. I would hope that he's doing well enough to potentially play by November, but that's not important. What's important is my number three for me. I will also go baseball. I am not going to go the history route because my last two are kind of a 50 50 split. I have one that's historic one. That's just because I'm a fan, but for me, it's actually Oracle park in San Francisco because growing up, that was, I mean, Candlestick Park was super awesome. It was a cool venue, but Oracle Park used to be called, I used to think it was called PNC Park way back in the day as well. I could be wrong on that one, but we've seen like Barry Bonds, even with all the steroids and everything after the fact, all those home runs that he cranked into the bay during the height of the home run insanity that was happening in the early to mid 2000s. It just looked like such a nice venue. I've been to San Francisco a few times. I've gotten to go to, I've gotten to see Levi Stadium while it was getting built. I've driven past where the 
where the Warriors play. Choose not to talk about them. Um, except the fact that they blew a 3-1 series lead to the Cavaliers. <laughs> um, and the Indians blew a 3-1 series lead to the Cubs later, so... Okay, fair point. But anyway, out of all the places that I saw in San Francisco, I didn't get to see Oracle Park, which was actually at the top of my list because while I was there, the games actually got rained out. So that that would be that that would be at one of the top baseball venues I'd want to go see is Oracle Park, San Francisco. Looks like such a cool venue. I'm terrible at kayaking or canoeing or boating unless it's a big boat and it's practically a hotel that floats type of situation but i learned to kayak to sit in the bay and watch a baseball game that seems pretty cool next one for me is another historic baseball venue in fenway i mean fenway it's it's been around today is actually the anniversary of when it was uh first uh, first game happened in 1912 so it's obviously been around for quite a while and i mean just being able to Look at the green monster. Look at all the things that surround Fenway and all that, all those different, different venues that have kind of all that. A lot of that has been commercialized in the last handful of years, so it's a little more commercial around there than it used to be. But still, Fenway is about as historic as it gets in all across all sports. So that's that's number four for me. Yeah, you just touched on my like our first like crossover one. Fenway Park was on my list as well. Um, it's just such a historic venue. It's such a cool looking venue. I, I mean, not every day do you have a field with a 30 foot wall in left field as part of your obstacles to gain the ball out of the park. I, that's just such a cool venue. Uh, so historic. So many things have happened there. So many incredible moments in baseball have happened there. Also, fun fact, they serve lobster rolls in the concession stands. Now, I don't know if you've ever had a good lobster roll or not, but those things are massive stuffed to the gills with lobster, throw a little bit of coleslaw on top of it. And you just get to eat like a Viking King. So I, I like the idea of being able to eat like a Viking King while watching a baseball game at a historic venue that definitely puts Fenway park on my list as well. And then my, my last one, since we did have at least that one crossover, my last one is another historic venue, but over in the football range and also kind of just across sports because of the Olympics that they hosted. And that would be the Coliseum, the Rose Bowl, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I mean, there's a lot of lot of history there with, you know, the Rose Bowl parade and all those different things. But I know that it's maybe not as amazing to watch a game at the Coliseum, depending on like what time it is. I know that like during the day it can be kind of just like you feel like you're just baking in the sun. And later on, if at night games, you know, for like USC games, that sort of thing, it's kind of more of the, the, the atmosphere that you want and you're looking for. So last one for me is the Coliseum. Not bad. You know, Coliseum definitely could have been on my list, but I'm such a Homer. I had to put Raymond James stadium on my list as Uh. well. That there is a pirate ship that fires cannons in the end zone. The end. I I don't need to add anything else to that list. There is a pirate ship that fires cannons in the end zone. The end. That's that's all I need to say about it. I'm such a homer. I get that. But Raymond James Stadium definitely is 
on that list of places that I would love to watch a game at. Yes, very much so. You're being a homer. So for our five lists for me, Madison Square Garden, AT&T Stadium, home of the Cowboys, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park, and the Coliseum or the Rose Bowl, whatever you happen to call it. For Matt, the Staples Center, Lambeau Field, Oracle Park, Fenway Park, and Raymond James Stadium. So I'm surprised we only overlapped on one. You know what? I'm not. Like, I, I could see Fenway Park being our only overlap. You and I, like, you, some of the teams that you like are actually considerably different from me. So you would, like, from a fan base standpoint, you'd probably have a bigger a- attention level for some places like a Madison Square Garden, for instance, or like the Coliseum. I mean, you you are you are much more of a college football fan than I am on that one. So for you, the Coliseum definitely makes a lot of sense. I love the Coliseum. I think it's cool as all get out. But having been in those types of stadiums before, it's like, yeah, no, I don't want to go to a day game there. I'll just deep fry the whole time. (laughs) But yeah, kind of surprised there was only the one crossover, but not surprised at which one was the crossover because Fenway Park's just so cool. It's just so, so cool. Let's transition to our top five overrated food and drinks. And I mean, you can kind of take this however you choose to. I made them things that I don't necessarily like, at least on some level. So that plays, you know, some role in just, you know, general taste and things of that nature. So I, I will tell you that I I think at least two of these are going to get at least some sort of reaction out of you. I don't know. I mean, you mentioned hot takes before. I don't know how many of yours are, quote, hot takes in the food or drink category. I am positive at least two of these are red hot flaming takes that we may lose listeners. We may lose listeners level of hot takes. And I'm okay with that because the, the ones on my list, they need to be said. They just need to be said. Okay, since so, since you you since you sound so confident, I'll let you go first. What's your first one? Okay, number one is all chicken sandwiches. Stop it! It's chicken in a bun. We don't need forty-five minute waits in the drive-through because somebody wants a chicken sandwich. It's chicken in a bun. It tastes good. I'm not gonna disagree that it tastes good. It's severely overrated, though. It is not worth the absurd lines that you see at some of these places for them just because, oh, my God, it's a chicken sandwich. No, nobody cared about chicken sandwiches until, like, two or three years ago when all of a sudden the Internet just magically decided that any place that has a chicken sandwich needs to have, like, a 90-minute wait because it has chicken sandwiches. Now, I don't get it. I just – I don't get it. It's severely overrated to me. I like chicken sandwiches. I think they taste good. I actively drive past most of the places that serve chicken sandwiches, though, because I'm not waiting 45 minutes in a line for a God-blessed chicken sandwich. I'm not going to go inside and deal with a herd of humanity for a God-blessed chicken sandwich. Just, no, this is... This one and another one I have later on on this list, I'll probably just dive right into his number two here in a moment. For myself, th- these are hills I'm perfectly okay dying on. No, chicken sandwiches have become severely and dangerously overrated to the point where they are almost becoming uneatable because they are so overrated and overhyped. 
there. I said it. Get over chicken sandwiches, people. Do you feel better? I, I do, because that's been bothering me. That 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 has been bothering me for a while now. Especially because I do like the DoorDash stuff. I'll skip places that are like, oh, we want chicken sandwich. No, because I'm gonna be in line for like an hour and a half, and that's half of my time that I'm out. So no thank you. So yes, I, I feel better. I'm I'm starting to feel better. The, these are hot takes I've kept to myself for a while. I feel better now. See, because while I, I do agree that the chicken sandwich the chicken sandwich debate in and of itself is overrated. I personally chicken's my favorite food, so well, I'm not, not that I'm, not that I'm gonna wait in these long, long lines, but I I do enjoy my chicken sandwiches. Yeah, no, ch- chicken sandwiches are good. I'm not disagreeing with that. Uh, a good chicken sandwich can easily be one of the best meals that you have by far. I'm not gonna dispute that. I'm not gonna pretend that's magically not the case. I'm also not going to pretend that any sandwich in the world is worth the absurd wait times that you see at some of these places. So my first one and most, some of these are just general and others are like more specific items at specific places. For me, number one is coffee. Like, come on. Oh, I need my coffee coffee in the morning. Do you, do you really need it that bad? Come on. (laughs) And and the way the way especially because I have been at times a coffee drinker, mm-hmm. by the time I was done with my coffee, it would be like mostly creamer anyway because I at the time had this like Reese's creamer and I would just pour Ooh. that all over it. Which so yeah, I'm, that would definitely make coffee good. But I mean, these people like they need their Starbucks or whatever, what have you, every day. Like no, get out of here. See, I'm not gonna lie. Coffee doesn't make my list because I found an Oreo creamer that's probably from the same oh, company yeah, that made yeah, that yeah, Reese's I've creamer. I've had that one too. Like that, I could almost shoot that stuff straight from the creamer <laughs> bottle. It was that tasty. And it shouldn't be that good. It Coffee should not taste that good with creamer, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, not a bad pick. Coffee is up there. And actually, a version of coffee is my number two. Okay. What a beautiful segue that you have there. My number two most overrated food item, the pumpkin spice latte. Stop it. Stop with the pumpkin craze. It's not even pumpkin. That, that's the problem. None of these flavors are actually pumpkin besides pumpkin bread, which tastes nothing like a pumpkin spice latte. So when you show up going like, oh, God, just, I, I really want a pumpkin spice latte. No, no. No. Hey, hey, look at me. Look at me, Lancifer. Look at me. Okay. No. You stop that. It's like the McRib, only somehow worse because it's in liquid form and it turns your coffee orange. It's just, oh, bothers me. I worked as a barista too. So I had to make hundreds <laughs> of pumpkin spice lattes from like September 1st until the middle of October when magically it would just disappear and everyone starting in like April. When's pumpkin spice latte coming back? I don't know. Probably when pumpkins come back. That seems to be a safe bet. No, no. Pumpkin spice lattes are so ridiculously overrated. It is something that just needs to be stopped. Like if it weren't for how insane chicken sandwich crowds are nowadays, pumpkin spice lattes would be my number one pick by far. But 
still chicken sandwiches number one, pumpkin spice latte number two. It's that they just need to be stopped. Pumpkin spice lattes need to be stopped. Okay, I I I agree. I almost. I almost I didn't even really consider that a because I already just had coffee in general on that, mm-hmm. but I I feel like we as a society already knew that they were all that pumpkin spice stuff is overrated, so I didn't feel the need to reiterate it. Maybe we do as a society, <laughs> but then we like go pumpkin drunk every mid September and forget about it until like halfway through November when we wake up from a pumpkin hangover going, Oh God, there's too much pumpkin. Never again. God, never get by that again. And then we forget come mid September again, the next year. So it's throwing it out into the air supply because people need to hear it. Let pumpkin spice lattes go. It'll be okay. (laughs) So the next one for me, and this is in the fruit category because I'll have, you know, debates about different types of fruit or what I like versus what I don't like. And one thing that to me is just super overrated and it's it could probably be because I don't like them is it's cherries. Like get out of here with cherries. I don't want my I don't want a cherry ruining my Sunday or ruining the milkshake or whatever you have to top with a cherry. Get out of here with your cherries. I don't want them. See ya. You know what you know what cherries aren't bad. You know which one to quote Peter Griffin, you know which one grinds my gears though? When they use the real strawberries in the milkshake and blend it up as well. Like it used to just be you get the strawberry ice cream, you blend it up, no problem. Now they are like, oh, let's throw chunks of strawberry in here to add the flavor. Cool, but then I'm shotgunning seeds <laughs> as I'm drinking a milkshake, and I'm not about that. That's yeah. that's not on my list because I still think strawberry milkshakes are delicious. But number three on my list. And this might ruffle some feathers as well, but I, I'm not necessarily concerned about that anymore because I'm living my life no regrets. Um, impossible meat. Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. I have no problem with a vegetarian lifestyle. I have no problem with a vegan lifestyle. If that's what you want to eat, that's how you want to live. God love you. More power to it. Super happy for you that you found like a dietary lifestyle that works for you and fits your needs and fits your desires because it's just a fact. Those things are healthier. It's as much as I can argue overrated, underrated, whatever. It's just a fact that more vegetarian lifestyle with a little bit less meat or no meat to some effect, but still getting your proteins through like plant-based protein is actually a healthier lifestyle. They usually recommend that it's I'm not disagreeing with that. Where I draw the line, though, is when I'm watching, like, Food Network and it's a vegetarian or vegan place. And like, oh, this tastes just like hamburgers. And then you see the recipe and it's like 75 items just to make it kind of taste like a burnt hamburger. Just get the burger at that point, man. Just just go and get the cow, get the burger save yourself like a hundred dollars of prep time. So th- there's where I think it's over it. Impossible meat. It can taste good when it's seasoned properly. It's amazing. The fact is, however, nothing should take the amount of ingredients that impossible meat takes to make it taste like meat when I could just get meat instead. So God love you. If you're a vegan or vegetarian, I do like impossible meat. It's overrated, though. 
and it, it's it's overrated, especially once the oh, this is imitation ground beef or imitate. Look at this delicious imitation steak. It's made from portobello mushrooms and seventy eight other ingredients that allegedly combine somehow to make it taste like steak. Pay no attention to the pound and a half of salt that we threw on it and seasoning, which completely negates the health factor whatsoever. But look, no meat. No, just give me a steak, please, and thank you. (laughs) So for me, my number three, it's a popular a popular beverage. It's also it also happens to be seasonal. We were we were not we were in this phase not too long ago. And that would be the shamrock shake. Oh, okay. You're 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 towing a line here. I love me my shamrock shakes. See, for me, I don't want a food or beverage that is equivalent to the flavor of my toothpaste. So is this more of a mint thing for you? It's it, it's more of a mint thing, but still, like okay. like like I know I I know Bree and I know people in her family. They love their shamrock shakes. They had you know like a little alcohol version on St. Patrick's Day this past year that I did not partake in. And oh, you missed out. That's one of the best versions of the shamrock shake. <laughs> I, I, that may be true, but nonetheless, people like just they see shamrock shakes. They're like, oh, my gosh, I need to get one. I need to get one. No, you don't. Overrated. No, not about it. I can respect that. It, it, it is overrated. But you know what? I will say I do like it. I do like the shamrock shake. It is a nice treat every now and then. But I. I'm noticing a pattern for most of our stuff. It's really seasonal type of things where everyone loses their mind for like a month and a half over a particular food item. A little bit. You know? Yeah. So that's, I, I can get that now. Number four for me. And I want this to be higher, but I also didn't want to double down so quickly. My number four, most overrated food item is Chick-fil-A. Oh, we're going to fight. It's Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is good. Chick-fil-A is good. It is not bad food. We're going to fight. It is not bad food. No fast food place needs a five-car wide line and queue where I have to sit there, hope to God that they don't run out of things, sit for 50 minutes, get my sandwich, and then have to drive through the herd of humanity of people literally running at full speed, running at full speed in a parking lot with moving cars to try and get a chicken sandwich. Is their mac and cheese good? Yes. Are their waffle fries good? Amazing. Are their chicken sandwiches good? They're awesome. Does any of that equate to needing that level of crowd, that level of hype, and that level of just absolute GD mind blowing insanity. No, no. It is a chicken. You can get chicken from just about anywhere. If you want chicken, you can go to Raising Cane's as well, or you can go to Popeyes, or you can go just about any place. Is Chick fil A the best of them? Absolutely. Not going to dispute that. Am I going to say that their lines are justified? God, no, it's insanity. The lines that you get at Chick-fil-A that officially for me, for me, I view overrated as the herd better known as the human race has put it onto such an ungodly pedestal and level 
that it actually can't be enjoyed in its in full its full and entirety state anymore because it's been that overhyped. Chick Fil A has hit that stage for me, man. It just has. It, it's it's good food. I happily will eat Chick Fil A if anyone gets Chick Fil A. Like if we're at a catered thing or if we're at a um, game or something like that, and there's Chick Fil A, I will happily just unleash havoc on that Chick Fil A. I will just do damage to it. I'm not going to stand in line though for nearly an hour for Chick Fil A though. That's that that's a bridge too far for me. It just is. Okay, so we're going to fight because I mean you're wrong. I mean you're just absolutely wrong. wrong on this one. Tell me what food is worth an hour waiting a drive-through line. I would say I would say both Chick-fil-A and Raising Cane's are in that discussion. Uh, but here's I, the absolutely. Thing. Here's the thing though, and this is where I don't put Raising Cane's on that list. Raising Cane's give you exactly three options. How many pieces of toast you want? Do you want the chicken strips on a bun or just on their own? And how much of our sauce do you like? That's it. They, they don't really give you the, oh, do you want one with pepper jack? Do you want one spicy? Do you want one that's sweet? Do you want it? Uh, Chick-fil-A, for what they serve and how crazy the hype is, have too many things on their menu, which causes things to take forever in a day. I mean, I mean, you're, you're just wrong. I mean, you're, you're just wrong about this. And it, for me, speaking as someone who currently resides in Finley, we don't have a Popeyes. We don't have a Canes. We have Chick-fil-A and KFC. That's as far as straight chicken joints. Those are your two options. Correction. KFC is pigeon. It is not chicken. <laughs> okay. Well, regardless of the places that qualify themselves as chicken places, those okay. are those are our options in general. Okay. So Chick-fil-A wins that war nine times out of ten. And, and I'm not suggesting it shouldn't win that war. What I am suggesting is the level of hype around it is a little much. It's just much, too much. That's all, that's all I'm getting at. See, that's, that's humanity's fault. That's not Chick-fil-A's fault. The, at, but here's the thing. If we're looking at food that's overrated, Someone back in the day said, hey, look, there's this weird brown thing sticking up from under the ground. I'm going to bite it and see what happens. And that's how we discovered that potatoes are good. Human race is the one who dictates what food is good or overrated or underrated or not. It's it's just as simple. So, no, it's not Chick-fil-A's fault. It is Chick-fil-A's fault. They have so many things on the menu that every line turns into a half hour plus. But it, that's humanity's fault. Humanity has made Chick-fil-A way overhyped and way overdone. I do not disagree for like out in the Finley area or out in the Toledo area or any places that don't have more selection. I don't disagree Chick-fil-A being popular. I do disagree with lines of cars going out into the street where it requires police officers to direct traffic because of a chicken sandwich that is a bridge too far for me see this is another thing because of me currently reliving in finley when i moved to finley they didn't have a chick-fil-a then shortly after me moving in they got a chick-fil-a which was one of the better things that has happened in my life that is of little importance at um, in the complete grand scheme of things i made sure i was there opening day and the line 
it was long, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be here forever long. It was probably probably like six or seven cars back from from the actual like drive through like window area, like up to where you get up to order. So it wasn't that bad. Like I've probably been in worse lines since that actual grand opening. And that's another thing about Chick-fil-A. And we'll we'll stop talking about Chick-fil-A here in a moment. But their combination of online ordering and the drive through, it's one of, if not the best in the fast food game. I will give Chick-fil-A because here's the thing, I'm not bashing Chick-fil-A. That, that's very important to understand. This is not me bashing them saying, oh, it's bad food. No, it's very good food. I will give them credit on this thing, though. Their online ordering system is super simple. They do a good job with the online ordering. And that, it, honestly, that's why it's not number one for me. Is because they are working with everything that's happened with the pandemic. They've come up with some new ways to order and handling their orders in a different way. They're doing a better job making it not just a crush of the human race, just attacking their Chick-fil-A locations every time. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're number four. Ask me again in a year, <laughs> the way they've been moving and progressing in terms of handling their crowds, there's a good chance Chick-fil-A is not even on my list anymore. And I'd be happy about that. But for right now, they're on the overrated list. Not because they're bad. They're very good. Quality of food-wise, they are not overrated at all. The level of hype surrounding said food that requires the massive wait times, that's just too much for me. Just too much. So my fourth place is something I think we've had an off-air discussion about before. Oh, okay. And I, it, I always love one that's an off-air discussion. And this is surrounding a certain pizza establishment, a certain, oh a, a certain chain. Be, be careful. We have a lot of pizza sponsors here. This is not one of them. <laughs> The answer to this is Papa John's. Oh, we have talked. You have feelings about Papa John's. I've never had a good item from Papa John's, whether it's the pizza or something else. Whenever I've had it, it hasn't been good or it's something's been wrong. And I've because of that, I have a distaste for Papa John's. I haven't had it in about a year. I've talked with Bree and we said maybe one day we'll try again. But when I've had it, both in Finley and in other locations that I've lived, it hasn't been good. And there's, I mean, at this point, it is, it hasn't been once or twice. It's been more than that of the times we've given it chances and they have failed to deliver on multiple occasions. Yeah. You, you, you have had feelings about Papa John's. Like we'd be leaving from a game and you're like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh no, maybe order some pizza. Like as long as it's not Papa John's. Literally. Like, <laughs> like it's not even pizza for you. It's just me going to get pizza. <laughs> And like, as long as it's not Papa John's, I'm like, you're not eating it. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This isn't your food. Can, I'm, a, I'm a grown man. I can order where I want. But since you're so strong about it, no, I'm not going to order from Papa John's. <laughs> so, yeah, you have mentioned that off air. Really, anytime I bring up pizza. Yes. Like, it's re- genuinely anytime I bring up pizza, you mention how I should not order Papa John's. <laughs> and you know what? To your credit, like all times, like staying at hotels or stuff like that, when I've come out for the games or things of that nature, never once ordered Papa John's. I've gotten Domino's. I've gotten Pizza Hut. I've gotten AJ's and things like that. 
Never have ordered Papa John's. You, you've totally scared me away from Papa John's out in that area. <laughs> I approve of all the pizza places you said, aside from Papa John's, by the way. That's uh, all those pizza places are good. They are really good. Jets is another one. Oh, crunchy deep. Di- mm, 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 mm. I need to, f- I need to figure out my food choices. For today. Anyway, <laughs> that, that may have just cr- put them near the top of the list. Anyway, number, number five. five item for me, my final one. This one pains me a lot. It hurts me to say this. It hurts me to say this hurts me at my core brother. Um, shrimp. I love shrimp. I think it's delicious. I can buy a bag of shrimp the size of a small child for $4.99 at a grocery store. Why, in the name of all that is holy and good, am I spending $12.99 at a restaurant for a little shrimp cocktail with six shrimp on it? Yeah. That, that is a mock, that's the markup that is over the top. It is unnecessary. And someone needs to take a stand against restaurants serving shrimp because I could make 30 of those shrimp cocktails for like $6.99, $2 for the cocktail sauce, $4.99 for the like small child size bag of shrimp. And there's no reason. There's no reason shrimp should be as expensive as it is in a restaurant. So my overrated is restaurant shrimp. Can't guarantee that that's the freshest stuff out there to begin with. And then they're charging an arm and a leg because shrimp kind of looks fancy when it is the ground chuck of seafood. I can go buy it by the gallon for like 10 bucks at most grocery stores. So that's, that's my fifth one. I love shrimp. It hurts me to my core to say it. Cause I love seafood is like my favorite food. Group. I love seafood. I love shrimp. I love crab, lobster, really any type of fish. I, I could just absolutely eat those day in and day out, but I'm not paying no $12.99 <laughs> for a shrimp cocktail at a restaurant. Cause I know how much cheaper it actually is than that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you as far as I, I also do enjoy shrimp. I didn't actually really, I think even try it until a, a, a while in life. I definitely didn't eat it when I was younger, but I've since I've since revised that part of my life, but yeah, shrimp, shrimp, when you do go out to eat, I mean, it's, it's good, but yes, it is. It is definitely on the overpriced side of things. So I want you to reserve judgment on my last one and let me explain because I know that this is one that's going to hit you. I, I will reserve judgment because you were a gentleman, a scholar, and you took your time and waited to threaten me with a fight when I said (laughs) Chick-fil-A. So please go right ahead. Okay. So number five, is steak, but not just talking steak in general. I'm saying well done steak. Get out of here with well oh, done steak. Oh. Get out of here with ketchup on your steak too. That's a whole nother discussion. But it, no, if you're getting a steak well done, at that point you're getting it so tough you can barely chew it. I don't want to purposefully get food that's going to be a battle for me to eat. That is not what I'm interested in. I want my steak medium rare, maybe medium, depending on where I'm going, depending on my mood that day. That's it. I don't want it well done. If I have to battle with it, I ain't going to like it, and I ain't going to like it. Not going to do it. See ya. Get out of here. I have no notes. I think well done steak is practically shoe leather. Okay, good. I'm glad I agree. agree. I agree. Now, I will say this much. 
when it comes to a well-done steak, you can easily butcher it and make it a just, just a horrible experience. But a well-done steak that has been super marinated, still very well seasoned, can still taste good. Correct. But it's not the same as a medium. Correct. Cook cooked steak or a medium rare cooked steak yeah. uh, i usually go medium for myself only because i know how quick restaurants try to turn that stuff around mm-hmm. so when i'm saying medium really what i'm getting is close to medium rare anyway right so it's like kind of right in that sweet spot that gray area between those two levels but I- i'm not gonna disagree with you i'm not gonna disagree with you on well done steak if i wanted to chew on shoe leather i would take my <laughs> shoe off and just chew on that um yeah I, I I'm okay with that. I thought I was going to need to fight you. <laughs> I really did. I, I thought it was going to be okay. Today's the day I choose violence against <laughs> Lance Morris, but you landed that plane beautifully. Okay. Sir. Thank you. I tip my hat to you. I was going to say, it sounds like we're almost completely in line with how we like our steak. So that part, that yes. part is very yeah, good. No, it, 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 the, the closer my steak is to rare, the better without going into rare. Yeah. Um, and also for me, you gotta know how to season it. You gotta know how to yeah. marinate it. It's you, you. You can't just you can't just throw a steak on the grill and hope for the best. You gotta have the S and P because S and P is right by me on that one. Or if you're really feeling saucy and extracurricular, you throw that bad boy in the fridge overnight with Worcestershire sauce and a little bit of seasoning salt mixed in. You're gonna you're just gonna eat like a king the next day. It's as simple as that. There's a reason the first time I cooked for Brie, I made sure I was cooking steak. It's a wise decision. Explains how you got the ring on her finger, well, too. If you too. cook steak for the first time, that's, that's a wise choice. Well done. So going over our top five overrated food and drinks for me, coffee, cherries, shamrock shakes, Papa John's pizza, and steak when well done. For Matt, all chicken sandwiches, pumpkin spice lattes, Impossible Meat, Chick-fil-A, and shrimp. So now let's... Correction, price of shrimp. Price of shrimp, thank you. Yes, exactly. Price of shrimp. So now let's transition back into the sports realm on teams that we would like to see win a title, but they're not the teams that we follow and root for. They're not like our favorite teams or even, in Matt's case, second favorite teams. They're teams that, may, for whatever reason, we might enjoy seeing them hoist their trophy in their given sport. Do you understand the parameters? Yes. And you can keep throwing that blasphemy about having a backup team (laughs) as a problem at me. I will wear that badge, like a like badge of honor that I can successfully root for more than one team at any given time. It's just, I, I I don't know why you're such a purist and a blasphemer (laughs) about this one, but that that's not important. I totally understand the parameters and I actively worked within those parameters for you. Okay. So my first one, my first one is a team that has won a title, but it's been a long time since they won that title. And for me, I'm going to go with the New York jets. The jets. I mean, Mark Sanchez butt fumble. I mean, they see that as <laughs> every every chance they have the chance to play that clip, they do. I mean, that's that's about as that's about one of the more painful football memories as you can see, especially in a game that in all honesty wasn't like a big game or anything. 
So for for me, the first one I thought of was the Jets. <laughs> Butt fumble. <laughs> oh, so clearly I chose the Cleveland Browns. I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, actually, for mine at number one, I had a tie because I couldn't choose between the two of them. So I decided I looked at them carefully. They actually both fall under the exact same category, exact same reasons why I want to see them win. So I just decided to go with them as like my split first choice. And that is the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. The only two teams in NFL history to go to four Super Bowls and lose four Super Bowls. So I've, I would have them at the top of my list because those are two fan bases that very much deserve to see their teams win. Because let, let's make no mistake about it. I mean, the Buffalo Bills, you've had Jim Kelly, you've had Thurman Thomas, Doug Flutie, Willis McGahee for a couple years, Marshawn Lynch. Now you got great players in like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, a phenomenal defense. And of course, Fostoria's own, Micah Hyde. Let's just get that out of the way as well. They deserve a Super Bowl. The Vikings, just an incredible team with nearly Cleveland Browns-esque bad luck over the course of their history, having guys like Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Robert Smith, um, Dante Culpepper, Randall Cunningham, having Brett Favre for a couple years, and having just gut-wrenching losses in either the Super Bowl or the NFC title game when they were clearly the favorites at those times. Just just breaks my heart. That's another good team right now. I mean, got with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson doing the gritty all the time. Harrison Smith, probably one of the best safeties nobody talks about in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I would say it's a tie between the Vikings and the Bills for me. Both of them have been to four. Both of them have lost four. I really am rooting for them to get one in their near future. I did have the Vikings uh, lower on my list. Um, I think I think I forgot about the Bills just because they are really good right now and that they do have Josh Allen and pieces around them. So I didn't really think about them now, but I did did have the Vikings. I I can never I can never forget the How I Met Your Mother episode where they <laughs> go into great detail about how Gary Anderson missed that kick in the NFC title game after not missing a kick all year. I mean that's. Yep. It it rings just so true. I mean, yeah, it's it's exactly it's exactly why they have to be one of the teams on this list. Brett Favre throwing a pass to Sidney Rice that would have gotten them the lead with like three minutes left, but the ball gets dislodged and somehow falls into the lap of Jonathan Vilma. I mean, come on, it's just. Yeah absurd bad luck has happened to the Vikings. Especially when you go from how awesome the Minnesota miracle was, and it's funny that Stephon Diggs played for the Vikings and is now on the Bills. They have True. they have the the Minnesota miracle, the Minneapolis miracle, whatever the exact phrase is for that catch that Diggs has that he ends up taking for the touchdown. That was his, They get so high from that moment, and then the next week they absolutely lay an egg against the Eagles in the NFC title yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 gut wrenching for the Vikings. That they're they're at the top of my list, and I will admit they're a team that I do like. Do I do I consider them one of my teams I actively root for? No, but they're on that list of oh, what team's playing tonight? If it's like a Sunday night or a Monday night game, and it's the Vikings. Like, okay, I'm gonna tune in. Why not? <laughs> it's 
that they they always strike me as a fun team to watch. So that's that's why they're on my list. Next one for me, another team that has had a a deep history, a deep history of losing, and this is in the realm of basketball, and it's the L.A. Clippers. I mean, you talk about how mismanaged they were in under the Donald Sterling era and how bad he was all around as both a person and as an actual basketball mind. And there's, I mean, there's several stories and podcasts and things that people need to go listen to about the Donald Sterling era. And the fact that they were able to, you know, they get kind of, they get right up to true being true contenders with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. And now they got Kawhi and Paul George and, We'll see what exactly the future holds for for them, but I mean the Clippers—they've had just so much, so much losing, so much losing in a city with LA with the Lakers, who are now the defending champions. On top of all that, too, the LA Clippers are a team that would uh, would be nice to see them hoist the trophy at some point and and at any point in time, really. I will totally admit that I would love to see them win the title, but it has to be in the post Kawhi Leonard Paul George era. I, I, I don't I don't like the what the NBA is doing with these super teams nowadays. I, I just I simply cannot abide by it. I think it's destroying the game of basketball, if you want my honest opinion on that one. So sure that they can win it as soon as they break up the super team on that one. That would be cool to see. And that kind of segues nicely into where I would want to see for an, one of the two NBA teams I have on my list. My number two is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Because love them or hate them, Oklahoma City has never gone free agent hunting. They drafted in the following order, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. They are I think Westbrook was the year before Harden, but yes, they did they did get all three of them in a row. Okay, I didn't realize he was the year before Harden. I thought he was the year after. Because Westbrook, because but... Westbrook was technically drafted by the Sonics, but then they became the Thunder before he actually played a game. Oh yeah, that's right. He was because KD was on the Sonics for that first year. Yes, K- KD when he won Rookie of the Year was a Sonic. Yes, for that one, it was their last year as the Seattle Sonics. But, but here's the thing: the reason I want to see the Thunder win is they do it the right way, man. I mean, they draft they develop the talent they build these players up they make them a great team year in and year out they make them a competitive team year in and year out and they're not doing it through just oh i'm gonna throw 200 million dollars and let's get anthony davis lebron james and you know um rajon rondo kyle kuzma just building these super teams or like what the clippers did where it's oh we're gonna get Kawhi leonard let's also sign Paul George and keep Blake Griffin, but then we're going to trade Blake Griffin or the Nets. The Nets, if they win a title with all these players on it, is the most trash organization in the history of the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets. And I hope Jay-Z hears that. Your team is trash. You're trash as well for continuing to let this nonsense go. Okay, well, JC's, um, JC's not a, a Nets owner anymore. Well, don't care. He's part of the problem for that one. <laughs> he helped to get them to Brooklyn. Yeah, that's part of the problem on that one. He he helped with all that nonsense. But no, the, the Nets are the most trash organization in basketball, if you ask me. Oh, look, another superstar. Let's just sign him because who cares? We need to win. 
Otherwise, Kyrie Irving's going to go on some flat earth tangent again. I mean, don't get me started on Kyrie. You know my See, thoughts. there you go. You're on my side about the Nets, <laughs> but that's not important. But with the Thunder, it's, again, they, they just draft so well. They build these teams up so well, get these great, talented players, build them up, and they make runs. They make these improbable runs against these super teams and nearly beat them. I'd love to see them actually beat one and get to be champions. Would I have liked it more when Westbrook was there? Sure. But would I probably have a different opinion about Kevin Durant if he won one when he was a Thunder before he went Merc hunting with the Thunder and then with the Nets? Probably. It's because at that point, they did it the right way. So for me, Thunder, I'd love to see them win one. I, like, it, it since my team, the Cavs, and another team that I at least like to some extent, the Raptors, since neither one of them are going to be doing much of anything for the foreseeable future, Thunder are definitely the team, once it gets to the postseason, like, yeah, I'm rooting for you guys. For Forget everyone else. I want to see you guys win it. I mean, for the Thunder... Before I get to my third one, I, you look at what they've done in the draft, and they they don't have a perfect record. No team has a perfect record when it comes to the draft. But no, I mean, they thought Perry Jones was the first round pick. I, that's, let's I mean, I, I, I still think there's a chance Perry Jones becomes good, but that's neither here nor there. So do I, but he's not a first round pick. <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, there's some of some of their misses: Perry Jones, Cole Aldrich. I mean, Daquan Cook was there too. Ohio State guy, we love him. Uh, Mitch McGarry out of Michigan when that was we thought he was going to be really good in the league and he uh, he washed up pretty quickly so they're not without their misses but I mean yeah getting getting Durant when people people were high on Durant that's very true people were not as high on Westbrook and Harden coming out of college for really both of them a little more so more so Westbrook than Harden but I mean they they turned I mean they help to develop them into the superstars that they are now that we see in the league. There's no doubt about and, that. And, and no one was high on Serge Ibaka. No one was high on Steven Adams mm-hmm. when the Thunder drafted them. And they made them incredibly gifted basketball players and stars in the league. So that that's why the Thunder's at my number two spot. Number three for me, it's a team that is in the spotlight a lot now. They're one of the best teams in this sport but they've never gotten over the hump to win the title and it's Gonzaga basketball. I mean, you look at what they've done, <laughs> what they've done in the last handful of years. They've been in the title game a handful of times. They had the Adam Morrison years in the mid two thousands as well. I mean, and yes, that's not saying that they're a complete underdog because they're not anymore, but I, that's a team that I would like to see get a title because They've they've done it they've done it both the right way and the way that college basketball is today, where they were they were going before for those four year guys and they would just kind of grind it out and win those games. And since since the evolution of college basketball forces you to especially if you want to compete at a really high level to go for those one and done guys, as we saw, you know, with Jalen with Jalen with Zach Collins before him, Demata Sabonis. Some of those guys are guys that went to Gonzaga, but I mean that I I would like to see them win a title because especially they have been a contender most of these last handful of years under Mark Few. They're a team I would like to see win a title. Here's the thing: I, I, as much as I would like to say Gonzaga, 
Then they go out and get Chet Holmgren, which Chet Holmgren looks like the most Chet human being to have ever Chetted in my life. I don't, I don't get the hype around this kid. I watched his tapes. I've watched a lot of his recruiting oh, don't, don't, stuff. Don't start a, don't start a battle. You're not ready for. I'm ready to start this. Chet Holmgren strikes me as the most overrated number one prospect I've seen in the last ten years. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, okay, and we're, we're, it would not, it would not kill him to also eat a God blessed sandwich. Okay, we're we're going down this road. He's going to be an NBA player. Like there's, oh, sure. there's he, no he's doubt. He's going to be that. a crappy NBA player. Oh, I have zero doubts about that. He okay. is going to be a hot sewage dumpster of an NBA player. Are, are you done? Can I speak? Sure. But I just need to say that. So that way, you know where I stand. He's been one of the top ranked players and now became the number one ranked player for this class for the last three years. He's seven foot, some tall already has a handle can shoot too. Yes, he needs to get bigger. There's no doubt about that. People get into the league and can be super, super skinny or need to still grow into their body, and they do that. Giannis did that. And I'm not saying this kid's going to be Giannis, but he's going to be really good at some point in, in his in his future. No, he's not. He's just not. You are, um, you're so unbelievably wrong. I, like, I will be happy to play this tape like four or five years from now when he's on his third team because he gets drafted by someone traded a year and a half later and he's just at best a role player in the NBA because he's seven foot, seven foot even according to his recruiting tape, seven foot even, 190 pounds. He is far too thin, far too light to bang around in the paint at seven feet tall in the league that he's playing in, it's easy to look good. It's very easy to look good. I, I think back to someone like I, Ivan Rab from Villa Angela St. Joe's back in the day in the Northeast Ohio area where he was six foot 11, seven foot on a good day, about 210 pounds. And everyone's like, oh my God, he, he's got handles. He's got a jump shot. He's got this, he's got that. And he flamed out in the pros. Same exact type of player as this Chet Holmgren guy is. However, where I draw the line with Chet Holmgren, he just comes off as a D-bag, man. He just does. Like, he, he strikes me as every top prospect who's never been told that he stinks at any particular moment. And when he gets his first taste of genuine adversity that's what I'm going to want to pay attention to because I think he's going to collapse like a sack of potatoes at that point. So you can't tell me a seven foot, 190 pound kid is magically going to change Gonzaga. That's just not going to happen. They went undefeated up until the finals this year. They're already a good team. And if he is somehow a top level pick, the hype is going to be way too strong around him because he was a number one recruit because he went to Gonzaga because he got drafted high. He's not going to live up to those expectations. He's just not. So for me, I'll own it if I'm wrong three, four years from now. I don't think I'm going to be. We'll just leave it at that. Moving on, though, to you my okay. third team. 
for me, it's very similar to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Very, very similar to the Thunder. And th this one is me stretching the rules just a little bit because I do like watching them play, but I hate the fact that they usually beat my Cleveland cash consideration. So I don't truly deeply root for them as a fan, but I don't mind watching them either. And that's the Tampa Bay Rays. Somehow the Tampa Bay Rays for a budget that would make Dolan just have the sweetest of dreams every night in terms of how cheap they are put together top tier pitching, solid hitting, and they still actually go sign free agents that are decent and not just whoever we can have agreed to the veteran minimum type of free agents. They've been in the world series twice, lost to the Phillies, playing the Dodger. They had to play the meat grinder. That was the Dodgers last year. I think if they would have played any other team in the national league, the and if they don't take won. out Blake Snell too early. They did let go of Blake Snell a little early. I, I, that concerns me just a little bit, but by the same token, you had Glasnow and God, who's the other one? Like not Chisholm or something like that. But their number two pitcher, both of them went off for near no-nos and back-to-back starts. So it's like, okay, we're they're They just reloaded again. Like when they got rid of Garza, when they got rid of Chris Archer, they got rid of Blake Snell, but their pitching is still good. And they got probably my favorite prospect out of the last, God, probably, I'd have to say since Bryce Harper and Mike Trout were coming into the league with Wander Franco. Have you seen that kid play at all at the minor league level? I have not, no. Like, I don't know what position they're going to put him at because technically he's a shortstop, but he could also play second. He could play first. He could also be a left fielder. As I would go so far as to say, like, where your hype level is for Chet Holmgren, that's my hype level for Wander Fran Once he enters the league, I would go so far as to say he's going to be one of the top 40 players in baseball the minute he enters the league. Same way that Mike Trout and Bryce Harper were. Okay, so in a, on a completely separate note, I think Riley Green of the Tigers, if when he does get to the big leagues, is going to be an absolute stud. Oh, y yes, he is. I, I no, no debate whatsoever. He is going to be a tank of a player for the Tigers. Because I saw him, I got to see him in spring training, not this season, but the year before, before, mm. you know, before the pandemic decided to ruin everything. And he ruined existence. And he yeah. was, I mean, he was one of the best players then, and he was a whole year younger. So, I, yeah, no, no, it, no doubt. Green is definitely going to be good in the future. Very, very good player. All right, so my last, my last true one. I mean, you already mentioned the Vikings, and they were the last team I had. So I mean, you, we already, we already talked about them. But this is another team you're. I am almost certain you're not going to agree with, and it's a team that they've also been pretty good as of late, and they have a superstar that is willing to help them and has signed a big deal to stay in Milwaukee. We'll see if that changes at any point in the near future. And that would be the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think they've been good these last handful of years. Obviously, Giannis has been an MVP the last two years as well. So it's not like they're devoid of talent, but they're another franchise that has not seemed to get over the hump, even especially obviously with the Giannis years recently. But 
even you know before that the Michael Red teams were pretty good in the mid 2000s in the late 90s early 2000s they had Ray Allen and that those teams were really good and they run into the Sixers and basically get absolutely hosed out of a chance to go to the NBA finals that the Sixers lost to the Lakers simply because it felt like the league had the agenda of we want Allen Iverson in the finals so they've gotten you know they gotten a host kind of in that regard too and I mean they haven't won a title since Kareem was there I mean that was the, that was a long time ago at this point you know what that's actually not bad I I don't necessarily disagree with it because here's the thing Giannis they drafted him that, that is a they built it up the right way they're not going and signing every superstar they can get their hands on like the absolute dumpster fire that is the Brooklyn Nets trash organization um just get really anytime we bring up basketball and I can trash on the nets, I'm going to do it. I, I hate teams that try to buy themselves a championship like that. Um, the, the, the bucks have done it the right way. I, I would say they, they have it's, they've had good players come through their system. I think they've burned some opportunities with some of those players. Malcolm Brogdon comes to mind right off the jump. Um, Michael Red, as you mentioned, but also the fact that they had Ray Allen then traded him for Gary Payton, and that just did not work. <laughs> um, not 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 a trade I think they would want to do again. No, I do not in, think so. In hindsight, being twenty twenty. Um, for me, I did have two more teams, but since I had the Vikings and Bills, I'll go ahead and remove the one uh, just to say who it is. It was the Columbus Blue Jackets, but hindsight i'm actually more of a fan of them than i let myself on to be because the cleveland monsters the minor the ahl team is their affiliate and a lot of the good players on the team now were actually with the monsters when they won their championship back in 2016 so uh, i'm a little bit more of a fan than i actually let myself on with the columbus blue jackets my last team also in the nba very similar to what you're talking about but in recent years have really struggled and I've mentioned them. I know who it on is. A, huh? I know who it is. It's the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. You, you, you've had eras of Chris Webber, Vladi Divac, and you couldn't win. You had, you have right now with Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox, and you're having a hard time winning. It's This team has had so many good players come through that they have just burned through. And De'Aaron Fox, I'd make the argument that Damian Lillard is the most underrated point guard in the NBA. I think De'Aaron Fox is a very close second on that. The kid just balls every single game, and he is not getting nearly the level of respect that he does. But the, the Kings have been good teams in the past and just out of nowhere just start collapsing over the last like decade. I would love to see Sacramento get back into the mainstream, get back into the limelight of being a competitive team year in and year out. And I think it's good for the NBA if they do that. I think that would be a good, not just having the entire power base of the NBA being LA, make it Sacramento. I refuse to reference Golden State because they blew three one series lead to the Cavaliers. Aha. So the um, and then you have like what's going on in the East Coast with the Brooklyn Nets, garbage organization, trash organization. It, I think it'd be good for a team like the Kings to get back to being consistently competitive and win a title eventually as well. 
So the teams we decided we wanted to see a title that we do not root for. For me, I had the Jets, the Clippers, Gonzaga basketball, Milwaukee Bucks, and Minnesota Vikings. Matt had the Minnesota Vikings and Buffalo Bills as his tied for number one. Then OKC Thunder, the Tampa Bay Rays, and Sacramento Kings beneath them. So now we're going to trek into the realm of movies and we're going to start with our top five Disney movies. No Star Wars or Marvel movies allowed, pure Disney movies. They can be Disney franchises, doesn't have to necessarily be one movie, but we are excluding from these lists the Marvel movies or Star Wars movies because I know you have strong feelings on both of those franchises as well. That can be its own separate list, so we will exclude them from the Disney realm of things. That's fair. I, I, I will say that was kind of my question earlier. Are we focusing just Disney or all franchises? Because... Quite literally, my one and two on my all franchises, Star Wars and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're excluded from this. Okay, so if we're sticking with just Disney, I'm going to say number one for me is Hercules. The music is awesome. It features Danny DeVito. That's, that's all you need to know about the movie. Hades is an iconic character. The, the music, again, is just incredible through that movie. And it, it tells a good story. It tells a very good story, a good, meaningful lesson. And it, it just works. For me, Hercules would be my number one. Yeah, Hercules is definitely on my list, too. My, my number one, I'm going to go with The Lion King. I mean, just so many, so many iconic things with that movie as well. I mean, you have... You have James Earl Jones as as the lead for a moment until we get to Simba. I mean, it's it, it's it's just one of those it's one of those just Disney classic movies. It's it has to be one of the first couple movies that you think of. So for me, Lion King it would be my first one. Oh, Lion King's on my list too. I mean, it's not number one, but it's definitely on my list as well. That's a solid choice. Um, number two for me. I am going to throw a pretty solid curveball here. Tarzan. Okay. Have you you've seen Tarzan? Right? I've I've seen Tarzan, but it was when just just as a child. I have not watched it as an adult. Okay, watch it as an adult because it's a good movie. Again, tells a great story, and it's a. I think it's such a great story and great lesson honestly, for the kind of world that we live in, where there's a lot of mixed families, where there's divided families, where people are adopted, where you have people with step parents or step siblings and things that it, it tells a really good story about what matters with family more than anything else. And being who you are and being who being around people that support who you are type of thing. It, it's great. Plus the entire soundtrack is Phil Collins. It's, the whole soundtrack is Phil Collins. And now I know, and, and now I know why my dad took me to see Tarzan. Yeah, that's entirely why your dad <laughs> took you to see Tarzan. Let's just call it as it is. Uh, and I, I got to, I have a very, it's a quick, funny story, but um, my grandmother on my dad's side, uh, she's no longer with us. She passed when I was like 15 or 16. Um, she used to take us to movies growing up as kids. And she would always be the one that would take us to like the Disney movies and stuff like that. Be, we'd go every two whenever we go it would be on a tuesday it'd be early afternoon during the summer and she would take us we go see the movie she'd drop us back off and 
that'd be it. It was just a nice little tradition that we always had. We went to go see Tarzan in theater, and the the music is just amazing. If you've listened to the soundtrack, you know what I'm talking about. What when we're coming back, my mom's like, "Oh, what'd you guys think of the movie?" And the first thing out of my grandmother's lips were, "Oh, the music was just dreadful, <laughs> oh, just dreadful music. Oh, couldn't eat." Couldn't even listen to it. I I was almost ready to leave the theater. I guess she's not a Phil Collins fan. So one, she's not a Phil Collins fan. Two, where it gets even better, Tarzan was nominated for Best Original Score at the Academy <laughs> Awards that year. So I was like, well, Gam Gams don't know how to tell you this, but you're wrong. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't stress this enough. You're just wrong on that one. Uh, and my brother and I, uh, even my sister, because she, uh, she was young at the time, but she's still kind of, still enjoyed the music like the trashing the camp one where they're kind of doing like beatbox type of things with that stuff but we all kind of looked there like are you out of your mind that music was great <laughs> <laughs> oh so good memory tarzan's my number two yeah absolutely so for me my number two it's gonna be finding nemo i mean i feel like oh, that's that another you might you forgot well, to include finding Di- nemo you count that as disney that's pixar though man if I can watch it on Disney Plus, I count it as Disney. Okay, that's fair. That that's a fair point. I'll give you that. Because I, I my my next one is also going to be in the Pixar field too. So that's so yeah, Finding Nemo. I mean, I remember I remember when that came out. I think I was at like just the right age for that movie because it came out when I was like nine. So mm-hmm. it was. I think it was perfect perfect time for that movie just in at the in my lifespan at that time and i mean obviously it revived ellen degeneres's career and that's taken a whole nother turn that we don't need to get into here but, yeah let's, let's let's not go down that rabbit yeah. hole right now but let's, no that, but that movie that movie i mean it's it's just one of the great great disney movies and i mean yes it's pixar disney whatever i think i think of them kind of as hand in hand even when they aren't necessarily hand in hand so mm-hmm. that would that would be where I go for that. Well, clearly, since we're allowed to do Pixar, I'm going to choose Planes. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, for me, this is a tough one because, I mean, find, Finding Nemo is great. Uh, honestly, probably one of my favorite movies, period. Um, but if we're talking best Disney movies and best Disney and Pixar movies... I'm going to have to go with my hippie side and a movie that features only about 150 words of dialogue, but made me cry like a baby. And that's Wally. That, that movie repeatedly punched me in my feels. It was so cute. So adorable. Such a touching movie. It, it, is it a little ham fisted with the message behind it? Sure. But frankly, no, it's not. The environment's important. We should do more for the environment. That's it's not really that ham-fisted and forced down your throat on that one. It's an important message. So I would have to say Wally, with the clear understanding that films like Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, The Incredibles, A Bug's Life. Oh God, I love A Bug's Life. So many quotable jokes from A Bug's Life. That all of those movies are deserving of being on this list too. But I'm going to use Wally as it's the best one for sending a message, teaching a lesson, 
while at the same time just being absolutely breathtakingly beautiful of a film and so god bless and touching it actually makes me tear up so that's gonna be mine wally so my let's i'll just do my next two because these both happen to be franchises and i you already have hercules on your list as well so we don't need to re-say hercules and for me it would be the toy story franchise along with the mighty ducks franchises yeah those are Uh, those are those are my other other top those are solid those are solid i mean toy story Um, for toy story i mean it came the first one came out when i was too young at the time and then i watched it and then uh by the time i was old enough toy story 2 was in theaters and that is one of if not the only movie i've seen in a theater twice and granted it was when i was like six or seven but still i was able to convince my dad we need to see toy story 2 again so i'd have seen i saw toy story 2 twice in the theaters as a youngin and i i didn't watch i hadn't watched three and four until within the last year i watched them both with brie and i Three, I mean, I this is not a surprise to anybody, but three hits you in the feels so, so hard once you are an adult. And mm-hmm. it's, I didn't full out like completely just blow cry, but it like involuntarily, I just had tears streaming down my face. So I, I'm of the age that I actually grew and hit like critical moments of my life with toy story like as it was going on because it came out in 95 i was like six years old at the time for toy story one. See, in 95 i was one yeah i know you were a child we we don't need to reiterate this you're still a child but <laughs> so like i was six then i was 11 where it's like you know my, my feelings towards cho- toys or what i enjoy spending time with or playing with were starting to change and adapt but still having that like nostalgia. Toy Story three. I- I'm not gonna lie. I I cried like a baby through that movie, and because of when that movie came out, plus things that were happening with my family at the time, and still ongoing. It's all good things, by the way. Good things that are happening with my family at the time. My mother has not seen Toy Story three, and we as siblings between myself, my brother, and sister, we have executive decision that she is never allowed to see Toy Story three. <laughs> Because we are not prepared to handle what could be that level of emotional gut punch to our mother, where we're like never allowed to leave the house again. We, we would be chained to the basement of our house at that point. So I don't know what happens at the end of Toy Story 3 if watching it with my mom. She has no idea. She's never seen it. Um, Toy Story 4 doesn't hit you in the feels as much but it, it's a good one it's a good movie um mighty ducks are just absolutely perfect i i will give you that one any day out of the week I, i'm gonna go with for my final one though if i were to choose you still got two more oh i still got two? Oh, okay well in that case i'm gonna piggyback off of one of yours mighty ducks and I'm going to make it a split one with that one, Mighty Ducks and Miracle. Because technically, Miracle is a Disney movie. So I can finally use Miracle. <laughs> yes, there you go. I can finally use Miracle, so I can finally use Herb Brooks. But um, that would be my fourth one. And then fifth, 
fifth, that's going to be tough. So again, the fun, useless fact about me, I love Disney. Like my family, we would go to Disney all, all, quite a bit growing up. That was like our big family trip every time. Um, as an adult, I still love Disney. So this, okay, I got to commit. I'm going to go with Aladdin as my number five. You got Robin Williams as the genie. Great music. Again, another good lesson and good story out of it. And when you get to the third one, you have Timothy Dalton. You have one of the James Bonds playing Aladdin's dad. How, how can you not be on board with that? Yeah, I think Aladdin's another one I need to go back and watch as an adult. Yeah, and that here's the thing for anyone listening. When it comes to Disney movies in general, you will be blown away watching them as an adult. And honestly, just the way we all are nowadays, watching them as a cynical adult, how quickly those movies make your cynicism kind of go away, even for just like a half hour, even for just a little bit. It's like, it just takes it away for you. So please watch these Disney movies and watch Disney movies again as an adult. You will get a much different perspective on those films than you did watching them as a kid. So looking at our lists one more time for me, The Lion King, Finding Nemo, Toy Story franchise, and the Mighty Ducks franchise along with Hercules. Matt has Hercules, Tarzan, Wally, The Mighty Ducks, and Miracle, and Aladdin as his top five. So we've we've gone we've gone pretty far, Matt. So let's I think we're gonna agree a lot, if not completely, on our movies. So for our top five movies, we can re rewatch over and over. I mean, there's not too much surprise. You probably know, you probably know at least three of my five. I'll be generous in saying just three out of five. Okay, I I think I'm gonna throw you for a curveball with two of mine. I really do. So go ahead, go go ahead and run down yours first, and then we'll go to mine. Okay, so just run down one through five. Yeah. All right. So for me, number one is a toss up between Deadpool one and two. Anyone who's seen my Twitter handle or anything I post knows I'm a big Deadpool fan. I'm a colossal nerd on that one. My number two for can watch it over and over again, Daniel Day-Lewis in Lincoln. Yeah, that is a curveball. Such a good movie. It's a great movie to have on in the background because it's no action. You don't really need to pay attention to what's happening on screen, but you can listen to it when you're doing just about anything. I mean, you could clean, you could be just relaxing, just kind of, unwinding it's a great one to watch over and over again uh number three for me i consider them one movie avengers infinity war slash endgame you can't watch one and then say okay i'm done for a few days no you gotta watch the other one right away um number four for me is miracle i could that is my sports movie like remember the titans is great any given sunday is awesome major league is a great movie if I want to feel motivated and inspired, it's Miracle. That's the one I watch every time. Such a good film. And then number five, this is my other curveball. Al Pacino's only Academy Award winning film, Scent of a Woman. Where he plays the blind lieutenant, uh, army lieutenant. And is going around with Chris O'Donnell. And it's just a incredibly touching film incredibly moving film 
that's another one I could watch probably a hundred times in a row without missing a beat. I am very surprised we didn't overlap at all. Well, I, that's because I'm a very cultured human being, Lance. You know, I like art and things. I like art and things too, but they're not going to be my movies I watch over and over. Well, you, you, here's the thing: you can't for movies that you watch over and over. I view it as there's two, ca- there's three categories. So I like doing things in threes, as I've always mentioned. There's the category of I just want to sit down and just turn my mind off for a couple hours. So like any action movie, any scary movie, things of that nature. There's a fr- franchise that I absolutely love binge watching. So things like Star Wars, the MCU. But then there's that third category of movies that I can watch, but also can listen to over and over again. And that's where things like Son of a Woman or Lincoln come in. It's, you you, you got to appeal to all those categories. Because if you try to turn on like an Avengers or a Star Wars while you're cleaning, you're not going to clean. You're just going to sit down and watch Star Wars or that movie then. So that, that, that's where I go when it comes to my rewatch list. But I'm curious to hear yours. So mine, I mean, uh, that, that's why I led it with how I did. I think you know at least three of mine. Good possibility I do. I, I feel like I know you well enough that I kind of know where you're going with these, but uh, let's I, hear them. I was going to say, I want you to guess. No, come on. Oh, my gosh. I've given you, I've given you a lot of credit saying I think you can name them, and now you don't want to. Well, it's here's the thing. It's because you have given me a lot of credit, but I also know there's like a lot of movies that you and I overlap on that we like too, that we've discussed. And I don't want to guess wrong after you've given me all this credit. Okay. Okay. So once I tell you, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I should have guessed that. All right. Give give me at least one of them. And then then I can go the, oh, God, yes, that really would have been the pick. Super bad. Ooh. See, here's the thing. I wouldn't have guessed that one, but I do know you like quoting that one a lot. Yeah, Superbad is my favorite movie, so. Yeah, that, that, that's one. You and I have discussed Superbad in the past. It's Admittedly, I wouldn't have guessed that. I will honestly say I would wow. not have guessed that one. I'm surprised at you. Number two, if you, if you say you wouldn't have guessed this, we're no longer friends. That's an aggressive stance, but okay. The other guys. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, we've gone over how I can do the tuna speech often. Actually, this is no joke, folks, for anyone listening to this. Lance can do the whole tuna versus a lion monologue by himself. Where it gets a little scary is he actually changes his tone as he's doing it. So you can clearly tell when one's Mark Wahlberg and the other is Will Ferrell. It's a little alarming. And yes, that, okay, that one, I, I'm going to say, who should have known that? Yeah, I totally should have known that one because you and I quote the other guys offensive amounts off air. Like that, that's way too many times. And you and I's relationship as well totally reflects the other guys. A lion swimming in the ocean? Lions don't like water. You're talking off the coast of South Africa. 10, 20-foot waves against a full-grown 800-pound tuna, you lose that battle. You lose that battle nine times out of ten. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I could go just roll into it, but I won't for the sake of uh, well, we've let, already had the stop. podcast long We don't have enough money for the copyright on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, too. Uh, then my next one, also a Will Ferrell vehicle, Step Brothers. 
Okay, I could see that. I could see that with you. We we have quoted Step Brothers a decent bit as well. See, your your list is very. You handled your list very differently from me. You view yes. it as like the quotables almost. I'd say. Yeah, the movies I can watch and quote, and I can just yeah. it could just I could just drop into a random scene, and I know what's going to be said next. Yeah, like for so you you went a different route than I did with my movies I can rewatch. So we did. That, now it makes sense why I was struggling with the list because you went a completely different direction. Correct on your rewatch list, but yeah, you do quote you do quote that one quite a bit. Next one is The Hangover. Okay, I've watched. Wouldn't have, I've watched wouldn't have that. that one for you, but that is a good one. See, because I thought I thought you would know the top three. It, admittedly. I will say hindsight being 2020, I definitely would have gotten two out of three. Yeah. I would not have gotten stepbrothers as your third favorite one. And then for number four, the hangover. And then number five, I went with, I went with the Christmas movie just cause I, it's kind of become the people know that it's my favorite Christmas movie because Is it whole load? we've watched it several times. No, I've only, we went over that. I've, I only this year was the first year I had watched Home Alone as an adult. Is it a Marky Mark Christmas? Tell me it's a Marky Mark Christmas. This is not a Marky Mark Christmas. It's oh, bad, it brings, bad oh, Santa. Bad Santa. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> good Lord. Really? That, that is your fifth most rewatchable movie? Because during Christmas, if I am struggling to decide what I'm going to watch, I'm just going to throw Bad Santa on. You're struggling. So it, it might only be for that one month of the year, but that's that's what I decided to say. If you're struggling to decide what to watch for Christmas, there, there's exactly three films that you can watch during Christmas that you need to watch. One of them is Charlie Brown Christmas. It's not even a film. It's a TV special. You should just watch that all the time. It's an adorable 43 minutes that fills your heart with joy. Number two is a Marky Mark Christmas with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Clearly, you need to watch that. And then number three, the most important, the most critical, the most valuable of any Christmas and Santa movie whatsoever, Rudolph. How do you not have Rudolph on that list? I mean, those are, aside from Marky Mark, those are all movies we do watch. And also Marky Mark, a very Marky Mark Christmas doesn't exist. It's very important to understand. So, so if anyone's out there going, oh my God, I've never heard of that. No one has. I just made that up. Though now that I've said it, I kind of want to watch a Marky Mark Christmas. Of course you do. Wouldn't that be a good Christmas? Like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch along with the Harlem Globetrotters help children discover the true meaning of Christmas. So you just combined a whole different bunch of fictional things that have been in some way, shape, or form in other forms of media, and you just threw them all together. I'm just trying to make a Scooby-Doo special here, basically, because the Globetrotters were on like every other episode yeah. with Scooby-Doo. So, Before we go, please rate, <laughs> subscribe, review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. That's how you can help this passion project of ours grow. That, that'll, that'll do it for this edition of the show, and we'll have some more polls about the top five lists we've put together today. You can find those at the Lance Morris on Twitter. For me, you can find Matt begging for retweets on his votes at Cotman Matt WFOB. I don't beg for retweets. I simply slide people digital $5 bills and say, Hey, do the right thing here. 
I never beg for retweets or for votes. However, in this instance, because of how terribly, terribly wrong the last set of polls went, people, <laughs> I'm begging you, please vote for the right ones. Please, you know in your heart that my lists are true, and good, and right. You definitely need to listen to them. And please, my soul needs this, especially after losing to the man that thinks Major League Two is a better movie. It is. Absolutely is. Thanks for listening to this edition of the show. Join us next week for our NFL draft preview. And I let Matt off the leash in that regard. So until next week, thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day, everybody.